You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is July 7th, and on Saturday, Atlanta United is going to host Austin, one of the surprises in MLS, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff is 7.08. The game will be televised on Bally Sports South, and it's going to be a homecoming for Austin manager Josh Wolf, a soccer legend in the state of Georgia, and former Atlanta United player John Gallagher. So it should be a fun night, especially considering there's going to be an expected crowd of 70,000 people at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Let's go into a few of the numbers real quick before we get into some of the news from today. Atlanta United at home is 4-1-3. and Austin on the road is 6-3-1. and Goals for and against Atlanta United, 26-26. and Austin is 35-22. and Expected goals for and against for Atlanta United are 25.7 and 25.2. So they are right on their numbers. Here's where it's interesting. Remember I said Austin, 35 and 22. It's expected goals for and against are 26.8 and 28.4. So it's vastly outscoring what it should be doing and not allowing in nearly the number of goals that it's supposed to. So that's interesting. I expect you're going to see Joseph Martinez, Luis Arujo, Marcelino Moreno, and Tiago Almada in the lineup for Atlanta United. Possibly you might see the two new players, uh, the signings from Mexico. Austin, of course, is led by Sebastian Drusi with 10 goals. He's one of the contenders for the Golden Boot. And Jair Marufo is going to be your center ref. This is the first of three home games for Atlanta United, three very, very important home games. They need to sweep them to stay in contention to make the playoffs. They have 20 points. They're five points behind seventh place New England for the final playoff spot. And there's three teams in between them and the Revs. So here's Gonzalo Bonetta talking about how important these next three matches are at home. I mean, it's obvious. It's very important. It's very important. We had uh, some points uh, on the road there. We felt that, especially near Red Bulls, was one of those that we could have brought the three points. But I mean, football is like this. Now we have to turn it around and try to come for 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 these three points against Austin. That's that's always on our heads, and, and we'll have to get it. Now we had some news today that Tyler Wolf has been loaned to a second division club in Belgium. This was first reported by Stephen Goff. I believe, uh, at least a week ago. So I asked Pineda the first question today was about why was Wolf loaned to a second division club in Belgium instead of going to their partner at Aberdeen to play first division or simply staying with Atlanta United too? Well, that's the interest that uh, came out for for Tyler. I mean, I'm not aware of what other options were there for him, but I think this is very good for him. He's very excited about the opportunity 
I think Europe is Europe and just going to second division in Belgium a very good league also like a very good country for develop uh, for development purposes I think it's going to be very good for Tyler and I think uh, now he's exposed to certain minutes here in uh, in, in MLS he has the World Cup with under 20s and I think all that is coming uh, for a good path for, for Tyler so we're very happy about, about okay. that and with Wolf going out is there someone else coming in um, yes, that will be announced. <laughs> that will be announced soon. very soon. Very soon. Okay. I, any clue who? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, it's coming. I mean, it's, okay. it's obvious. I mean, once you do the math on uh, how many players we have and and uh, what are their availabilities, uh, I think it's obvious who's who's coming. Now, the winger from Columbia may be that player, but I don't think it is. I think it's pretty obvious who the player is going to be. Um, anybody who's paid attention to the team in the last few games will know who it is, uh, in my guess. Um, and, you know, good news for Tyler Wolf. He just helped the U.S. Under-20 team qualify for the Olympics and the U.S. Under-20 World or the Under-20 World Cup. Uh, he had a couple of goals in the tournament. He's a very good player. He's just kind of uh, stuck behind some players that are slightly better than him on the depth chart right now for Atlanta United. Oh, first, I want to say how tickled I always get when we ask Pineda about personnel questions or starting lineup and just how not flustered, but how he tries to deflect it. It it really is funny. And he knows we have to ask the questions and we know what answer we're going to get, but we just have to do this every week. But it still makes me laugh. Anyway, here's Gonzalo talking about what he thinks of Austin. Yeah, we have to adjust. And, and I mean, Austin from our scout report is, is one of those teams that also press very high and mm. they press very very high intensity. Uh, the last game against uh, Colorado, they, they played kind of a, a men for men, you know, lineup where, you know, the right winger was playing more as a right wing back and then they, they play men for men and they were able to press uh, Colorado. So at times they play for press four to four, very aggressive and, and the, the center forwards, they go at pace, Ruti goes at pace, uh, Drusi goes at pace and then the wingers come from outside in. So they have some interesting uh, movements when they press. Uh, obviously we, we have to be prepared for that and we are adjusting also our, 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 our ideas for the game. So here's Caleb Wiley talking about how the team can try to put the clamps on Drusi. I think just communicating once again, um, you know, he's a, he's a good player, so we have to keep an eye on him, know where he is at all times, and uh, all stay on the same page. Now, the team did not do a good job of that against Castellanos, last year's Golden Boot winner, and a guy who's also in contention for the Golden Boot again this year. He scored two goals in the 2-2 draw against NYCFC, and uh, neither goal really should have happened, but it was a credit to him for the effort he made. Here is uh, Tiago Almada talking first about what happened in that Columbus match that got him suspended. No, no, I should tell him. Nothing really. I was just offended the the way that they had called that game with all the fouls that were being committed against us. Um, but, you know, it, it's a, a learning experience. Um, I, you know, made a mistake, have to learn from it, and we just move on. Did you agree with the length of the punishment, or did you think it was too long? For me, it seemed eternal because I'm someone who doesn't like to miss any games. Uh, I want to play every game, uh, but that, that was their decision. That's the decision that they made, so I'm sure it was you know, the corresponding decision. Uh, but I'm just happy to be back and ready to help the team. The audio we didn't play because we didn't need to, 
was I was kind of joking with Almada about he's not the first Atlanta United playmaker to be unhappy with the referees in MLS. Um, and then he was also happy that Sarsfield advanced in the uh, in the Copa last night, knocking out River Plate. And here's Almada talking about how it felt to finally get to play with Martinez, Arujo, and Moreno for the first time in a starting lineup this season. Bien, creo que, que sí, en realidad... I think in the first half, uh, you know, the game didn't go the way we wanted to. It wasn't our best half, but I think, it, you know, in the second half, we, we started to play more like the way that we wanted to. Um, and, yeah, playing playing all together with those those players is, is great. Um, we know the results haven't been going the way that we want, but now we have three important home games that we're going to try to win. What are you all capable of, do you think, when you're on the field together? Okay. The goal is, is to win every game, is to try to get three points. Um, so, you know, when we're all out there together, uh, even though we have, you know, injured guys, um, when we're out there together, I think the group is, is capable of uh, big things. And, um, you know, that's the goal is to try and get into the top places. And we mentioned the under-20 World Cup in the Olympics before. I did ask Caleb Wiley if uh, he wanted to play for the U.S. on those two teams, and here's his answer. Uh, that's the goal, yeah. Have you spoken to the coach about that yet? Um, I've talked to him before, uh, CONCACAF, um, but nothing about the future. Kind of just wishing me the best luck in the MLS. I was curious, did they want to bring you up, but they just, if they did, y'all would have no more fullbacks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was kind of hard. Um, it was a hard decision, but, you know, it was what they had to do. You know, there wasn't really too many left backs I know other than Mikey um so I kind of had to stay so there you go a little bit of news from Wiley all right we're going to come back with a mailbag and then wrap up this podcast this is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. We're going to get in the mailbag. We're going to start with Nick, friend of the podcast. Doug, do you think either Godinho or Parata, the two players from Mexico, get into the team this weekend? Who would your ideal CB pairing be for the future? I did ask Pineda about this. He did not want to say. I think it's likely that you're going to see both in the starting lineup. I think you'll see Parata in in place of Alan Franco, who 
Pineda was asked about today, and he defended him, said he thinks he's progressing very well. In my opinion, he just keeps making the same mistakes every week. So I think you're going to see Parata coming in for Franco to play with Campbell, and that's the ideal center back pairing. And then Godinho, possibly for Rocco Rios Novo. He's so good with his feet, it's hard to leave him out, and I don't really fault him for the goals that he's allowed so far. So I'm more confident about Parata than I am about Godinho. But that's a great question, and thank you. Uh, DKB, another friend of the podcast, says, what are your thoughts on Tristan Traeger's current scoring frenzy with Atlanta United 2? Yeah, he's gone crazy. Like six goals in five games or six goals in four games. He's a big kid. He's an experienced kid. He's a mature kid. He's physically fit. He's got a pretty good future uh, if he stays healthy. And what can you tell us about the new Merlo-confirmed Edwin Mosquera signing? Not much. It's a signing that doesn't make any sense to me, especially in an under-22 slot. He's a left wing. Where is he going to play? Caleb Wiley is the future at left back. Moreno is on the left wing. And if not Moreno, they can play Dom Dwyer there. Maybe he's coming in to go to the twos because uh, that sometimes gets uh, messed up uh, in transfer news. I don't get it. Art says, I believe the team currently has two players out on loan. Well, now it has three, Barco, Eric Lopez, and of course, Wolf. Barco's wages would make it impossible to bring him back without other significant roster moves. But what about Lopez? In the event that our injury situation gets any worse, thanks as always for the great coverage of the team. Neither one of those players are coming back. Uh, I don't even think Lopez will come back uh, next season. And Barco will be bought uh, by River or sold. Uh, One way or the other, Barco will not be coming back to Major League Soccer, in my opinion. It just doesn't make any sense. His dudeness says, while playoffs may still be possible, the Heinemann news has me looking toward next year, especially in the midfield. Heinemann, of course, suffered a quad injury and is out four to six weeks. What changes do you expect? What's the contract status of Rosetto and Heinemann? Do we cut ties with one of the under-22s? Marcy builds solely around Almada. Good questions. Um, Rosetto has another year, I believe, on his deal. Heinemann has, I think, another year left on his deal. I don't think you're going to cut ties with anybody. If Marcelino, Moreno, if Marcelino Moreno will show that he'll play within Pineda's system, I think he'll be with the team next year. If he doesn't, I think he might be a trade package or a transfer package. Maybe Alan Franco, the same thing. I'm not saying that that should happen. I'm just saying it's possible because the team does have young players coming up and they've got to create space for them to play. Otherwise, what's the point in having the homegrowns? And then Henry has a question, and this is our second to last one. How much time could we realistically see from Godinho and Parata on Saturday, uh, full games, and how much of an impact do you expect them to make? From listening to Pineda today, he talked about Parata and how big of a communicator he is on the field. His English is, is decent. So that's another reason that I think he could slip in for Franco and play beside Campbell, and the two of them could really form a pretty good partnership. He's also pretty good in the air. Is the team going to make any more moves in the transfer window? I think there's going to be a signing, but I don't think it's going to be a transfer. And when will the injury stop? Gosh knows, but it's kind of crazy, isn't it? And it comes in, in bunches. Uh, first, it was a batch of Achilles. Then it was a batch of MCLs. Then it was a batch of quads. It's a weird, weird thing right now. All right, we got one more question for the podcast that was sent in via the emails. And let me get to that super fast here from Pat, friend of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your trip to New York. I felt we deserved better at Red Bulls, but I'm happy with the way the team fought for the point at City, like the twos that followed suit last night, he says. I wanted to touch on the relationship between Joseph and Sean Johnson and see if you had any insight. 
I mentioned it to my family during the match about their mutual respect and caught a nice clip of them having a post-match discussion. Discussion. Uh, I don't know if they're close, but I do know that often if Martinez gets stopped by a goalkeeper, he will typically go and talk to the goalkeeper after games just as a kind of mutual respect kind of thing. And Johnson did have a really good save of a Martinez shot. So I think that might have been what that's about. Um, going forward, I think this team has battled well and seems to be reducing the mistakes, but still has those few lapses due to experience or inexperience. Pineda has been a big part of a number of Seattle's second half surges, so I'm hopeful we can do the same as folks come back from triage. Overall, I like the direction of the club, but do feel we need a few more MLS veteran types in the mix to round out the roster. Well, they had them, and they all got injured. Um, I don't think that they're reducing the mistakes. To me, it seems like they're still making the same types of mistakes over and over again. Um, but maybe this three-game at homestand, they can win some games, get some confidence, and then that confidence will carry them forward for the rest of the year. All right, we're going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta, at Atlanta United News Now. As always, communicate with your loved ones, hug your loved ones. Y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.